firerecruitmentaustralia.com. Become a firefighter without wasting years of your life, time, money and effort on things that won't work. Get the facts and what works. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with your host, Brent Clayton. Hey there, it's Brent Clayton from firerecruitmentaustralia.com. Each week I host a free webinar for anyone that's interested in joining the fire service here in Australia. It's a highly competitive intake, so it's important that you know everything you need to know without wasting your time, effort and money and energy on things that won't work. Here's a clip from my recent webinar. So my name's Brent Clayton and I'll be running through the training with you today. So this is going to be interactive. I'll be asking you some questions so I can tailor the training better for you. So I'll be asking you questions as we go through and it just works better if um, you join in and everyone answers the questions. So what I'm going to cover today is the three top areas where people fail when attempting to become a firefighter. So the first one is aptitude or psychometric cognitive testing for fire services. And what we want to do here is go from um, having poor results, worrying and failing, to being able to approach these tests with confidence and basically pass. Uh, The next subject that I'm going to cover for you today is personality profiling. So we're going to look at the firefighter profile and how to approach this psych test so that you don't have to fail it like thousands of people do every year. And the third one is the fire service interview. So the shift we want to make here is go from lacking in confidence and failing to nailing it and landing in the top few percent of applicants. So that's the journey for today. So... Aptitude tests, known as aptitude, psychometric and cognitive testing. So all fire services around Australia will have some form of cognitive or aptitude test and it's the number one killer of applicants. So just to get you in the the sort of mood of it, on the day you test, you're sitting in the exam room with tens or hundreds of other people depending on where you're applying. Your heart rate's up, you've got sweaty palms and you're just a bit nervous or you're waiting to take the online test with a similar feeling. You're wondering what questions will come up, if you'll be able to answer them, and if you'll have enough time to finish the test. The biggest thing is you're wondering if you'll be one of the few applicants that comes out on top and progresses, or if you'll be one of the crowd that doesn't meet the benchmark or score high enough to progress through the next thing. So, aptitude test. What is it and why is it used? So fire services use aptitude testing as a culling tool first and foremost, as well as a profiling tool in some cases, depending on the service that you're applying to. So it's an effective way for them to measure an applicant's demonstrated reasoning reasoning abilities and their potential success in the role that they're looking to employ a person in. So that's why they use it. But the problem is a lot, of, a lot of the time applicants have been away from this type of testing for years which diminishes these abilities and you only get one chance a year if you're lucky. So yeah, that's the problem. I'm just going to run through the top three things. So what not to do unless you're happy to stay in the, the 95% of applicants that uh, don't get a job. So the first thing is don't just wing it. Don't just wing it unless you were great at school and you've only just finished a couple of years ago. And even then, uh, is it worth the risk? Like you might be great at school or great at testing and stuff like that, but each service is pretty specific, so don't just wing it. Number two, don't just practice on any old questions. This is what 
the other 95% applicants do. They just get something free off the internet or, you know, find questions, get a book from somewhere and practice. That's what they're doing. So don't just practice on any old questions. And number three, don't practice without a framework for quick improvement or proper guidance unless you want to waste a heap of time for really little results. So they're your, your top three things to avoid and look out for. So don't just wing it. Don't just practice any old questions and don't practice without a framework for quick improvement and proper guidance. Now, I'll get into the good stuff on how to win and make sure you get the best score that you possibly can. So the top five. First one is know the questions that you'll be faced with for the service that you're applying to or if you can get a bit of a peek at the question types that they've been doing, that's even better. So know the questions that you're going to be faced with. Number two, ensure that you've got a test-taking strategy so that on the day you know exactly how you're going to approach the test and smash it. So that's number two. Number three, know the environment so you can be efficient. So know the environment that the test is going to be taken in. So whether that's a test room or it's computer-based or it's in your own home office, so know the environment that it's going to be in so that you can be efficient. Because being in an unfamiliar environment adds unwanted stress and it's just going to affect your score. It's just that simple. So number three, get familiar with the environment that the test is going to be in and make sure that you're comfortable in that environment. Number four, make sure that you've not only figured out what questions you're going to face, it's good to know them, but make sure that you've figured out you're going to be able to answer the questions with ease so that you've got a framework for the question types and that you know that you're going to be able to answer the questions with ease. This will increase your confidence and enjoyment on the day because knowing that you've already won can be very enjoyable. I know tests aren't enjoyable, but when you get to a, a point where you sort of know that you can smash it, it is a bit nicer. So number five, identify your weaknesses early and make them into strengths before an attempt that sees you sitting on the sidelines for a, a year or more. So just going to recap the three things you must not do. So don't just wing it, don't just practice any old questions and don't practice without a framework or a strategy for quick improvement. Uh, the top five things that you want to do to make sure that you, you smash it. So know the questions that you'll be faced with, the specific types of questions. Sure that you've got a test taking strategy so on the day you know how you're going to approach the test. Know the environment the test is going to be in and make sure that you can answer the questions. So it's good to know them, but make sure that you've got your own way of answering them nice and quickly and confidently. Number five, identify your weaknesses and make them strengths before an attempt that sees you on the sideline. So here's an example of what happens when you get this right. So if you want to learn how to become a firefighter without wasting your time, money and effort on things that don't work, Click on the show notes and sign up for my free webinar or visit firerecruitmentaustralia.com and go to the blog. Thanks for listening to Fire Recruitment Australia's podcast and I'll catch you next Monday for more tips to help you stand out in the recruitment process. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with Brent Clayton. Visit firerecruitmentaustralia.com.